a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. I'm Steve Mathis. Aaron Hansel, Jason Wygant coming up to talk about Hansel's story on RacerX Online, Urban Rumble, uh, a little bit behind the scenes of why the story happened, how it got put together, and thoughts on it all. So you please check it out on the website if you can, and subscribe to RacerX Online Magazine, of course. Also, uh, thanks to Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Please check out the local dealer uh, for all you need for the folks from Fly Racing. Big supporters of, of uh, Blake Baggett, Benny Bloss, Weston Pike, uh, Tyler Entignap, who's in this story, and more. If you go there, they have a Pulp MX shirt now available, too. Uh, ask your local dealer about it. It's not in the catalog, but it is available from the folks at WPS. And thanks to Maxis as well. MXST tires are out now. Reviews are in. Very good tire. Developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath. So grab the whole shot with the folks at Maxis and using their MXST tire line. And Alpine Stars. Tech 10, the most advanced boot in moto. The new one is out now, so you can please check that out as well. And whether it's the A1 chest protector, the A4 chest pro, uh, the Bionic neck support system, whatever it is, Alpine Stars protects. You know the quality of, of products that they have over the years. I don't have to tell you about them. Also, too, I have Tech 7s. I absolutely love them. If you're in, in the market for a boot that doesn't have the booty, please try the Tech 7, man. Uh, they do a great job with that. So we want to thank those guys for making this happen. And, uh, yeah. Please read Urban Rumble on RacerX Online. Here's Hansel and Wygant talking about it. And now, as promised, on the uh, Fly Racing RacerX podcast show presented by Maxis and uh, the folks at Alpine Stars, of course, uh, we're going to dive into this story. Uh, the oral history of the 2017 East Rutherford Supercross, the Urban Rumble oral history story. Uh, certainly plenty to talk about. Uh, like I said, with me on the line, first up, uh, my boss at RacerX Online, the voice of motocross, the voice of endurocross, the voice of Geneva, even. Although I did not see him there all weekend long, but he's the voice of it. Jason Wygant. Yeah. What's up, Weege? You actually know more than me. I'm pumped. You saw a TV crew in Geneva, so you were able to confirm to me that I will be announcing the race on TV <laughs> later this year, because I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, apparently you did not know that, right? No, I never know. It's usually around January 1st or so. They're like, hey, yeah. are you going to be around California? Can we do this? And so, and they were even and they were even talking about ho- like hoping GL makes it and everything and all that like still you know planning on oh, that. all the good stuff right um, <laughs> okay and uh, uh, well yeah we'll we'll talk about this story uh, also uh, on the line the man who wrote the story gathered the quotes uh, really uh, did a fantastic job on it racerxonline.com Urban Rumble Aaron Hansel what's up Hansel how are you good how are you guys we're good man thank you for doing this appreciate it. Um, 
Ah, thank you. I guess we'll start with the genesis of it. And, um, I mean, it was my idea. I'll just put that out there right now. It was it was my idea, Weege. It was. I, I hate to give credit, um, especially to give credit where it's due, but it was your idea. But oddly, it was your idea to have someone else do it. Yeah, because I'm working on another story right now, and we know what that yeah. is, and I'm busy. I don't want to do two of these things, and, and they're a lot of work. But um, oh my God, yeah. this race was absolutely something that we still talk about. Um, we still mention, we still bring it up. Anything and anything, everything and anything that could have happened in a Supercross race uh, was, was this, was, would happen here. Um, Hansel, uh, so we, we passed off the assignment on you. First of all, though, Aaron, uh, what did you think of doing it, the format? Uh, I've done a bunch of them, and we just done some. What did you think of the format of, of oral history format? That, that's very popular, by the way, and I really I enjoy reading the hell out of these things on other, on other stories. What did you think of doing the format, Aaron? It, it is a lot of work, isn't it? Yeah, it, when you first start doing it, it's pretty daunting, too, especially because I insist on doing all my own transcribing. I don't know why. I guess I'm stupid, but... Uh, I always do all my own transcribing, so I probably spent at least four or five hours just transcribing. So, yeah, it's a lot of heavy lifting. It's really labor-intensive, but it really feels like kind of your own product when you put that much work into something, you know? It, it was fun, and I I have read uh, read some of the other long-form oral history, like 14 and 1. I really like that. Um, so I was looking forward to it. Yeah, I was, like I said, I was <laughs> looking at the amount of work I had to do. It was... Uh, kind of hard to get started but once i got started it was just it just plowed into it man it was a lot of fun to do yeah it was a lot of fun to talk to you guys yeah it, it uh especially these guys like the the the, the riders you talk to uh tedder ray antignap uh raper i mean they're they don't get hit hit up a lot to talk about their racing career you know hansel yeah any privateer but especially those guys um their enthusiasm for this kind of stuff is is always high and it usually just turns into bench racing anyway, you know. Right. Kind of reminds me of sitting on my tailgate when I used to race. Uh, Weege, do you think – now, people who don't know, Weege and I go to a lot of races over the years, and we sit next to each other in a press box, and we have a lot of laughs. We make – I mean, we laugh at almost everything. We make jokes that probably could never be said. Um you know, Weege, the 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 Wyndham announcement, the, the the opening videos. I mean, we still so ref- much stuff. I mean, yeah. so much stuff. But have we laughed harder than New York Supercross? Yeah, I want to start there because I want to explain to people why we're doing a podcast and a story about Alex Ray and Dakota Tedder and Tyler Enignap. I mean. Most people probably remember this race as the one where Marvin pulled over for Dunge. Yeah. And Tomac blew it and got eighth when he had the points lead. But we don't care about that. We do not <laughs> care about that. We discussed the crap out of that. If you go back to the post-race podcast from a year and a half ago, I mean, we I, I listened to it this week. I think we spent 40 minutes talking about Marvin pulling over. That's been done and dusted. But what needed to have a light shed on it were these animals taking each other out over and over and over just to freaking make the main event. And that's why this is so exciting. I hope that people still read this story, even though it doesn't necessarily have Chad Reed in it or Jeremy McGrath in it, like, like previous oral histories you've done, Steve, Yeah. because this is as it made me laugh, literally reading it. I actually laughed out loud. I didn't just say, LOL. I actually laughed right. to hear these animals fighting to make main event. It was, it was, I mean, we were in the press, we were had tears, Hansel tears in our eyes because 
every single race seemed to have something going on in it that was just unbelievable. Uh, it was it was just something that you just were like, what, what next? What could happen next? And, and it I was, had tears in my eyes interviewing some of the guys. Right, right. Um, yeah, it was it was just something else, and and, and I don't know. Like if it'll ever be topped, it's just it was something that I don't know. I can't I can't even believe it. And I'm you do a great job, Hansel, with the, with the work in the story to the privateers to explain what went down that night. I guess let's let's start with Doink, uh, Hansel. Do you not agree <laughs> that Doink the clown in the press box is also a part of this night and this story? Well, yeah, I do. I mean, I wasn't there that particular night, right. but I do think so because what struck me immediately when I started talking to these guys, that it was kind of a crazy day before a single bike even got dirty, right? And it was like Raper didn't know how he was getting his bike back to the next race. He was pitting out of a rental car. Uh, he'd lost his gear bag. He had to go searching through the pits for his <laughs> gear. So there was just a whole lot of crazy. Tedder showed up early to do press day. He wasn't even invited. He just showed up like it was cool. Right. I, it just wasn't a normal wasn't a normal day. So yes, um, doink. Yes, Weed, You were you were you did not want to put the doink meeting in this story. You were fighting it so hard. No, no, because now we're making the story about us and some dumb wrestling story. It's supposed to be about these like half dozen privateers who will kill each other to make a thousand extra bucks to make the main event. The doink story is a wrestling story that involves me laughing and you laughing. And I don't want people to ever think we're making ourselves part of our own story, which should involve the athletes. But you two forced me to do it, and now it will forever look like I just wanted to talk about wrestling. No. And I used my authority <laughs> to make that happen. It, it added to the night's wackiness to me. It absolutely added to the night's wackiness. And also, Hansel, I yeah. mean, you know what yeah. a fan of wrestling Weege is, right, Aaron? I mean, you know this. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah. was, it was strange that Weege was not that excited to meet like a real live wrestler who I, I even I know there was this guy named Doink the Clown. I, I remember this vaguely. And so when the guy came up to Weege, I'm like, this must be Weege's happiest moment of his life. But strangely, Hansel, Weege didn't seem to care. He put on his usual nice guy self face, uh, facing him. But Weege, but then you explain, Weege, there was so many Doinks that it just... It didn't mean that much to you. It wasn't like meeting Macho Man. There are many doinks. There was actually a gimmick about them being there being many doinks. I think at one point there were like five or six doinks in a ring at one time. <laughs> right, so right, right. I had my suspicions this wasn't the real doink, but the bigger problem was not him not being the real doink, but I was not the real person he thought I was because as he started to talk to me, right. he eventually says, when are we going to see you back out there, man? Yeah. And I'm like, where? And he points to the track. <laughs> and then I realize I got a problem because he thinks I'm some sort of ex-racer or injured racer. And I'm like, how am I going to continue to have a conversation with him thinking I'm hurt <laughs> and I'll be back for the Nationals or something? Uh, when, like, do I tell him, I'm sorry, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm just a journalist. It became very awkward. So, yes, I was trying to get out of it in the worst way possible. <laughs> Who do you think I was? I would love to know. Yeah. We have to look at who was injured. Go find one of your old injury reports. Yeah. What's that, Hansel? I was just asking. It was that's the most awkward it got because he thought you were someone else. Or did it get <laughs> well, more awkward? He had his own. He had his own awkwardness. And if we really want to get into details, again, go back and listen to our post race podcast from Ben. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was his story? He he was gay. He had turned gay at one point. But uh, <laughs> once Ellen DeGeneres made a big deal out of being a lesbian, he decided to turn back. 
<laughs> yes, it was. It was bizarre. Yeah, but, in the same boat. Um, Hansel, did you did you get everyone you wanted to for this story, or was there someone that you wanted to get that couldn't couldn't do it, or didn't do it, or didn't respond, or anything? Um, yeah. The more I did it, the more I people I wanted to talk to. Like I wanted to start talking every even on the periphery, you know, but. Like you have to once you get up to a certain word count, you have to draw a line. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wanted to talk to the AMA because I was kind of shocked that uh, Stewart hadn't got the penalty for going backward on the track to the whoops. Ronnie Stewart, yep, and yep. Yeah, I just couldn't get uh, I couldn't get a timely answer. And when I did finally get, long story short, um, I wasn't able to get any anything from the AMA on that. Uh, and also Jake Weimer, I did talk to him, but I wasn't getting what I hoped for. Like after talking to all these guys and really being shocked how good their memory was that night, how well they remembered all the details, I was like, okay. Because if you remember, Jake Weimer was going through the whoops as Stewart was going backward. Yeah. So I thought to myself, oh, Jake Weimer's going to have the best quote ever. Like what was he thinking? And um he didn't really remember it. He just said, <laughs> yeah, I don't really remember it. <laughs> um who who uh yeah I, I don't even know where to where to begin with that but who do you think um well I guess let's start with with that the memories of these guys Hansel like you said they were pretty good huh it was shocking how good they were and you know I interviewed all the guys separately uh-huh. so but all the details were lining up like like meshing almost perfectly I mean to they remembered where they lined up on the gate and I remember talking to Enignat. Just, I told him to take me through the race, and he took me through the whole race. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I mean, let's maybe cut to the action. But it was fine listening to it. And yeah. just remembered, like, oh, I remember I did my front wheel, tapped off the edge, and I'm like, let's fast forward a few laps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. It was just every detail, and it was uh, just surprising how well everybody remembered everything. Hey, hey, Hansel, did anyone that you call, did any of them wonder well, what about that race? Why are you asking about that race? I don't understand. Or did they all immediately like, oh, yeah, New Jersey 17, oh, yeah. Were they all buying in immediately? Did they know why we wanted to do a story on this? Yeah, oh, yeah. They knew, they knew right away. <laughs> they knew instantly. Yeah. Uh, even, these, even these privateers on the island understood that this was a rare, rare night of racing. Yeah. Yeah, Ronnie's story defines anything goes. Yeah. Go ahead, Hansel. Yep. Yeah, Ronnie Stewart really. Uh, he said that he still gets tagged in uh, you know, on social media from it, from time to time. Yeah. Um, I also found it interesting how out of his way Ronnie Stewart went to say how much he deserved to get <laughs> to get hit by Tedder. Like, no, I wasn't dirty. And uh, <laughs> talking about how hard he had hit Tedder the week before. Like, he didn't even remember the the week before. Yeah. Or two weeks before. Yeah, yeah, there's sort of a frontier justice out there in the racing. It even goes for the top guys, too. Like, a lot of them make little, you know, I, I got you. You know, I, 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 got, I deserve it, or I, I need to get you, or whatever it is. A lot of them kind of remember that stuff, which is bizarre. But there's a little bit of – and and that also goes to, like, like there's an etiquette out there uh, where if there's a faster guy coming up on you and he's catching you gnarly, you kind of got to let him go. I mean, you fight a little bit, but and that's where Vince gets into trouble because Vince doesn't necessarily do that. There's an etiquette with these guys about like, dude, you've been catching me three straight laps a ton. Like, I'm going to fight you, but I'm not going to try to put you in the stands. 
You know, you're you're going faster than me. And that's where a lot of issues start with these guys. But they they all remember it. Even go back to the privateer guys. So um, I'm still in my very first race. I got held up by a lapper, and I'm still angry about it. See, see, there you go. Um, yeah, it was uh, my favorite quote. My favorite quote in this entire story, and there are many, is Ronnie Stu saying, "I accidentally murdered Dakota the weekend before in St. Louis. <laughs> I accidentally murdered him." Right. Oh, it's so good. I accidentally murdered him. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the Ronnie Stewart fan club that was there, too. Every year in New York, the, we called him the Candyman because, was it Team Candyman or what was it, Candy Graphics? What was it called? Dirt Candy. Dirt. Yeah, Dirt Candy Graphics. Okay, so somehow somebody came up with the name Candyman. So we called him Candyman the whole time. I thought it was because his sister gave out candy or something. No, no, no. It was What? It was Dirt Candy Graphics. So he was the candy man we dried for two years for us? Yeah, he was the candy man. And I think we got stuck where he eventually had to tell us, look, don't call me that anymore because he wasn't on the Dirt Candy yeah. anymore. But at this point, I think he still was. I think he was. No, he was at this point. But then, like, yeah, last yeah. year or two years ago, he's like, hey, guys, uh, Dirt Candy doesn't doesn't help me. So can you please stop calling me the candy man? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, um, but Steve, these fans. Talk about these fans. Yeah, so in New York, he has a massive... Uh, section of people that wore yellow shirts. He rode a Suzuki, and he was dirt candy. And I mean, it was we. Just, it was an entire section. It seemed like, right? You know, uh, in the story, he says five hundred and five tickets or something like that. Um, it was definitely enough people with them all in the yellow shirts. I don't remember another example of this at a Supercross where you could visibly look at an entire section of fans, and they all the same colors on, and they were all <laughs> reacting. Not for anyone. I've never seen this for <laughs> for anybody. Eli Tomac right. or, or Ryan Villapoto or Jeremy McGrath or anybody. Only the Candyman. Only Ronnie Stewart has ever pulled this off in the history and, of Supercross. And literally every time he would go by that corner of the stadium, they were in the upper deck. They weren't in the lower bowl. They were like in the middle deck or whatever. Not the very upper, but the middle deck. They would stand up every single time. Ronnie was just by himself, but they would be standing up. And it was like we said, it was it was bizarre. So these people's emotions that night when Candyman was in position to qualify, going off the track. I mean, I was watching these people, and we and I told we should start watching them. And Hansel, they were these people had the ultimate run of emotions. <laughs> yeah, it almost makes it better that uh, he was for sure out, right? And then something happened at the very end that that led him back. Yeah, it almost makes it. Better. Yeah, and, and uh, also too the cats pass on on Tedder. Like in the story, AJ doesn't really think it's that dirty, right, Hansel? Like well, uh, he said, he didn't mean to. He said it was an accident. <laughs> he said he just pinned it. And, oh, it was an like, accident. He, yeah, like he made a mistake, run it in, right? but he didn't. What's that? Yeah, what? He made a mistake and he just like hit some tough blocks and like <laughs> he said he's like, Hey man, I'll I don't have a problem. If we're in a situation where I gotta take us both down, I'll do it. Right. But I won't do it like that. Like that was his main thing. He's not gonna do it in he, such a way that he might hurt hurt somebody. Weej, I found the cat's whole explanation of that past a little bizarre. Like <laughs> Well Well, you've you've been consistent in your views here. You have not uh flip flopped. I feel like from that night, my favorite part by far was Ronnie Stu going to the whoops backwards. Yes. But I believe your favorite thing has always been the ridiculous pass attempt by the cat <laughs> yes, on yes, Tedder. Yes. And you said it then, and you continued to pound that point home now a year and a half later. 
we all know we say anything goes for the final transfer spot, but somehow the cat actually found the one level you can go to that is still too yeah, far. Like, like, there I, was, like, it was not a pass attempt at all. No. No, it was never going to work. It was never going to stick. It was had no. zero chance of... <laughs> I, I, that, and that's why I don't understand. Like, Did he just think like this was going to be okay? Did he just think the AMA would be like, no problem, bro. no problem, cat. You got it. Like that, that That's the part that blew, blows me away all the time. Well, in the story, yeah, he was saying that he basically was off the pegs and couldn't control his bike mm-hmm. running through tough blocks, right? Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and then he was upset that he had gotten uh, docked because he told him to go look at the replay and everything. And uh, anyway, yeah, you cream the guy. Um, yeah, it was it was it was something else. A Candyman going through the whoops backwards was pretty good though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and poor Tyler. Yeah, he went backwards through the whoops. I'm gonna just explain all this. Yeah. Kona gets revenge on uh, Ronnie Stu. Knocks him off the track. Yep. Ronnie Stu goes backwards through the whoops, falls out of the transfer position. The cat tries to tackle with a motorcycle. Dakota in the final corner, they both go down, and then Ronnie Stewart ends up making it into the main because yep. they tackled each other, and the fans go crazy. So that was just – that alone was everything you would ever need. But, yes, there was another semi also. Yes, and, and in this one, Dylan Raper, Tyler Entignap, who's never made a 450 main event, he was – 20 feet from making it in New York until Raper collided with him and got his foot stuck in Tyler's bike, Hansel. And Tyler seemed rather like I had to stop for the guy. He was trying to clutch his bike and Raper's screaming at him, Hansel. Yeah. 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 Uh, Nobody, neither guy seemed like they were upset about it later. I mean, upset with each other anyway. Yeah. Uh, even it was, that was another thing that struck me when I was talking to these guys, how almost apologetic they were for each other. Like, you know, Devin Raper is getting dragged up a jump face, and then when I'm talking to him, he said, yeah, I don't blame him. Uh, I probably would have done the same thing. He'd never been in the main. You know? <laughs> and so and and he didn't. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, Raper, had, he'd been in a situation before, too, where he had gotten stuck in a bike and had burns and had got hurt real bad. So it was even... Even thinking he was going to get burned again by by an exhaust, he was still, yeah, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, and oh. and Tyler has never made a main event. He was 20 feet from making it in New York. He was on the last lap in Vegas when he broke his tib-fib while in qualifying spot. Like, Tyler Entignap has come as close as anybody to making a main event and never having made one. So uh, he's got some heartbreak stories. But you can see in the video... Tyler is clutching it because he does not know Raper is in his bike. He doesn't know what's going on. And finally, he looks back and he just collapses. He just, oh, like, it was so good. It was so good. If you look at the video closely, we have them laid into the story. Yep. If you look at Urban Rumble on the website, I guess Raper's probably screaming but can't be heard. Yep. So you see him take the one arm that's not wedged up against something and he's grabbing Tyler's boot like just doing anything he can to be like I'm I'm attached to your bike just he's <laughs> grabbing Tyler's boot and just try to get some sort of attention and here's the thing like we in the press box seeing ending that 20 feet away from his first main event I think everyone was rooting for him to just drag Raper across the track nobody felt yes, bad yeah it's like animals perform for us privateers we would not say that if Ken Roxon's 
Uh, Ted Roxon was being dragged by Cooper <clears throat> Webb last year at uh, whatever race that was, San Diego. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone would have felt bad for Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. No. Privateer animals, drag him. Yeah. Get in the main. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and Hansel, I kind of forgot that A Ray played a part in all of this too. Like I'd forgotten that actually that uh, A Ray was involved in a few collisions. He was. Uh, he he got slammed by. I remember actually I was listening to the post race uh, podcast back in 2017 when this all happened, and you guys were talking about how Tatter had just absolutely slammed just punted Ray off the track. His bike went flying, and, and all the other guys had the same recollection, too. But I guess his, his throttle just got stuck wide open. But the picture I had pointed in my head was you guys talking about A-Ray flying through the air with his fingers, <laughs> giving Tedder the bird as he's flying over the berm. Yeah. And I, I, I still have that vision just burned into my brain. And I was thinking about that as I was talking to him. But even he didn't see Matt anymore. He said, yeah, it's the last spot. you got to do it. <laughs> These guys are rather diplomatic about it. Um, talk about Matt Tedder a little bit, uh, Hansel. I don't know if Matt – I don't know Matt at all. I know Dakota. Dakota's a really cool guy. I'm not exactly a fan of Matt Tedder in your story, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Yeah, you know, I didn't put that – I understand how – when you're reading that, okay, I'll just, if you haven't read the story, it's, they took Raper's bike to the race. To the, and then yeah, they, they took Raper's bike to the race in New York from wherever the previous one was. Yeah, and then Matt said, well, we're not taking it back. So, really, I have no idea what predicated that. Like, maybe they had bad blood. I know that, uh, I think that, like, the mechanic or crew chief or somebody had taken the bike to the race without getting permission. Right. So they got there, and there was this bike there. They didn't know it. So I don't know. I, I, I do know I've never had a negative interaction with any of the tetters. So yeah, uh, but I, yeah, I, I, I only put that in there. I wasn't trying to make the guys look bad. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew how chaotic no, the first day was. No, from, I think it's yeah. I think it's fine. You put it in there because it was a bit of the story. You know, it it, it was yeah. a, a bit of the of the of the wackiness of the story. So I I'm, I think it's fine to be put in there, but um. I just, I don't know. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't quite understand. I, that's, maybe I could have done a little bit more digging in that in that part. I didn't really understand. I didn't want to get too far into the weeds, though, either, you know. But I did like the end. I thought that the end was hilarious where he, <laughs> yeah, he talk, was going to talk, talk about that. Talk about that. <laughs> uh, he was leaving a, a monster party. I don't know where it was. Uh, and somebody was coming up to the party and he asked if he could you know Matt was leaving he's like can I have your VIP pass and so he started to give it to him and then he's like well who are you and he was a friend of Cat and Zara's and uh, he said nope <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Dakota's dad and uh, so I guess they, there was some bad blood as, as cool as I, they are now about it yeah, uh, I just I, I wasn't a fan I'll be honest like I said I don't know Matt Dakota's awesome and maybe Matt's awesome Weege but I'm kind of reading this going, really? First, you're going to leave a guy stranded. Okay, granted, you didn't know it, but you're going to leave a guy stranded in New York. And then two, I mean, the cat did pull off a BS move. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, Weege. Where you stand on this? Well, I believe uh, Matt, the dad, says in the story, like, we're not going to help this dude if we're battling for the final position to make the main event. <laughs> and I don't know what you consider that. Is there like a brotherhood and the privateers to help each other? Or is it like, no, man, 
I want to make the main, you make the main, we can't help you. I, it all depends on how you feel about that. Uh, and it is weird because the attitude of these guys is like on the track, they will do anything right. to prevent the other guy from making the main and get the position themselves. But like as soon as the race ends, they're buddies and they want to help each other. So that's, I think, what makes the dad really stick out. He's the only one that's like, nope, yeah. I'm here from Dakota. We're here to make mains, and I'm not here to be friendly to anybody else. And that's fine. I just, I know he was taking some heat on social, Hansel, after the story went up a little bit, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, he was. I read on uh, the Racer X Instagram. Did you see that, Hansel? I didn't see that. I did yeah. talk to Dakota. Yeah, there was people. Dakota was on, on Instagram on Racer X battling with people because they were people were calling him, you know, calling the the dad out for for some of the things he says in the story so i mean you know i'm not uh, i'm just, glad he said i think it's hilarious i couldn't i was laughing i was laughing so hard all right you know but it, look i have kids uh matt that you've got dogs what if if anybody just completely if rammed my my child like that i, I know dakota's not a child but Man, I'm a protective dad, and uh, I would probably still be heated about it if I saw somebody just completely take out my kid. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, whatever. It's fine. I just thought, I was like reading the story like, geez. I was like, geez, with the raper thing. Oh, man, that's bad. And then I'm like, oh, boy, wouldn't even give Cat's buddy a pass. So I... uh, I like Cat. Cat in your story, uh, Hansel, says, I got a pretty positive reaction on social media. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really, Cat? Yeah, none of these guys seem to take any flack about it on social media, which boggles my mind. Like, yeah. You can win a race. I mean, I remember when Joey Savacci put a picture of it, his bike with the number one plate on it, and he got murdered on on social media like you can't do anything on social media without people yelling at you yeah yeah apparently not on this night everybody was just pumped on the action yeah yeah i i I am struck in the whole story weege and and we read it you know just kind of on the outside after hansel talked to these guys like you said weege i'm struck in the whole story after reading it like everyone except for matt tedder is like oh yeah yeah, I took him out, and he took me out, and it was dirty. Like, they're all just fine. <laughs> Everyone is fine. Yeah, yeah. So, A-Ray is getting taken out, and in midair while flying off his motorcycle is flipping a dude off. <laughs> I don't remember who. I guess I think it was Tedder. It was Tedder. It was Tedder, um, yeah, yeah. Tedder. Yeah, but in the long run, they're cool with it. I, I think what's so awesome about that is this is like the underground that goes on every week. To some degree, these privateer animals are doing this every week. As you mentioned, there's frontier justice. There's all these things always going on. And it's like in the one night, we're able to just wrap that all up in a box and be like, this is how it works for these dudes. Yeah. This is how it works. It's well, a totally different situation mm-hmm. than what Jason Anderson's dealing with or, like Hansel says, Joey Savacci. I, I think as long as these dudes are performing for the fans, the fans are pumped. Like, they don't, they don't get angry in the same, uh, the same vein yeah. uh, as they do when it happens at a higher level. And I think a little bit of that is um, you could say the same thing of 250 class versus 450 class like there's some drama in the 250s but uh just as an example marvin moving over for dunge like people are going to bring that up forever and Mm -hmm. that's not even close to what the cat did not even close no no (laughs) well i mean look at marvin hitting eli last year in uh in boston in boston i mean that was and even the cat's pass was worse than that but uh yeah um you know that was that was pretty pretty gnarly reaction by everybody and disgust and press conferences and things like that um it was, uh, yeah, it's, and this is the kind of stuff that goes on and on. And this is why, Wygant, 
I can't believe that Feld is not putting the LCQs in front of these triple crowns. I, I, I just, it's such a blunder to me. And, and Hansel, you go to enough races and, and you, like, these things are awesome. Eight times out of ten, they are awesome races, uh, the LCQs. Best race of the night. And, and to, to, I think they're just missing the boat by not hyping up, hey, welcome to the show. This is it, people. These four guys, or who, the four guys are going go to the, go to the final. And, and, and I just, I can't believe they don't do that, but uh, it is what it is, Weege. Yeah, I asked just that. And, um, go, ahead. go ahead, Hansel. Go ahead. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. Is it just exciting for us because we know the sport and we're familiar with it? And if you're, you know, the only names you know are Eli Telmac and, and, and whoever. Oh, uh, I, I think, I think, some I think takeouts and block passes and guys sending it on the last lap is, is universally loved, no matter who it is, in my opinion. But. Yeah, I believe that is the argument that, um, hey, why would we start the show without the biggest stars of the sport? But it's kind of funny to me. And by the way, we're only talking about this, uh, about those triple crown races. when they, That's yeah. when they don't have an LCQ. Uh, and the argument I've heard is, why would we start the show without the superstars? Which makes me laugh, because on the regular formatted supercross races, we start the show with the heat races from the 250 class. Yeah. So we yeah. never actually start with heat races uh, for 45 years or so. We always start without the Eli Tomax of the world. A, B, yeah. is it really that hard for people to understand that concept? Like, I can't understand four people. Yeah, four people make it. There's only one spot. I, like, I, yeah, that doesn't seem like it'd be that difficult for fans. No, no, I agree. It only takes four minutes, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's four minutes, five minutes, four minutes plus a lap or something. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I just I think it's amazing. Uh, the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars. This is the story on the oral history of the 2017 East Rutherford Supercross Urban Rumble done by Aaron Hansel on Racer X Online. Listen to this commercial. We'll be right back after this commercial to uh, talk a little more about this story. Race Tech suspension and engines, people. Pulpum X18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Racetech specializing in high-performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Racetech, guys like the HEP Suzuki team, and many more in the pits use Racetech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, Racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. And we're back. Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast, presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars. Thanks to those companies for making it happen. F- appreciate it. Flyracing.com. Um, Hansel, who who was the most entertaining guy to talk to for this story? That's a tough one. They were all pretty fun to talk <laughs> they, to. They uh, seem like it, yeah. Yeah. Um, probably Tyler. Uh, Tyler ending that. Um, just... Uh, just the way he talks is kind of funny too, you know. There's a lot of a lot of bros thrown in there, yep. and he's just a 
just a nice guy, a good guy to talk to, and uh, <laughs> he, he was just he had, he had experienced the world's biggest heartbreak. And by the way, he was fifth in the LCQ that night. Oh, was but, he? Oh, was he? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah okay. World's biggest heartbreak, and he was just laughing about it. Like he's laughing about his. He's literally the words coming out of his mouth are, "My hopes and dreams were crushed," and he was laughing. <laughs> I, yeah, I was kind of bummed that that wouldn't come through with the written text, but he was just just laughing. So I found that the most entertaining. But it was also really fun talking to Ronnie Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it, it was really fun hearing the guy's stories mesh up because I had talked to. Uh, Tedder, and he told me the story about Stewart slamming him. And then I talked to Stewart, and I was waiting to see if he was going to bring that up. Uh-huh. And he was, I act like we said, I accidentally murdered him two weeks before. So <laughs> just hearing these stories come together as I'm listening to them, and I, I just could not wait to put them together in text. Just yeah. I couldn't wait. The, the things I was listening, I was hearing, I couldn't wait to, to write them down and have everybody share it with everybody. Did you go back and follow up with anybody? Uh, sometimes I'll have to do that. Like uh, the, that that 14 and 1 story. 15 and 1? What is it called? Is it four, whatever? What is it? 15 and 1? 14, 14 and 1. Okay. The 14 and 1 story, like I talked to Emig before Jeremy, and then Jeremy kind of went after Jeff pretty good in the story. I'm like, I got to call Jeff back. Like, I got to get a few reactions to what I heard from Jeremy. Uh, and I've had to do that time and t- time and two on these stories to get more reactions. Did you have to do that? No, not really. I had to go back back with Alex Ray a little bit just to get some details uh, nailed down. But like I said, the guy's memories were so good. And mm-hmm. and just talking to him, they it meshed so well. Like, you know what I mean? The details were lining up. There was not really any... Um, the only really thing is that Alex Ray was confused for whatever reason he thought the action had happened in the LCQ. <laughs> but it was <laughs> Alex Ray confused. The, that's that's not the Alex Ray I know. <laughs> <laughs> but he still remembers all the like the pertinent, right. the real details really well. So um, it was no, just some minor stuff. Yeah, I love the fact too in the story we have a photo of the of the people in the section with their signs and everything. Sixty nine Stewart, all that, all that, all that, all the Candyman <laughs> people. I love that. That we that we got a photo of that Wygant. I know we were a little worried actually. We just knew that the meat of this story was too good. We had to we had to do it, and then we're like, wait, do we even have photos of a lot of this? And also, yeah. hat tip to Sean Brennan at Feld for getting us those video clips. They don't post the entire races uh, online anywhere, and the highlights are always going to be from the main event. So we couldn't get video footage. So I thank Sean and the TV whatever editing group they have there at yeah. they were the ones that got us those clips and they even let us post it on our youtube because we were worried i'm like if we don't have video clips or photos it's still going to be good but it's not going to be right yeah uh, thankfully somebody shot those 505 ronnie stew people <laughs> yeah thanks to the fell folks for for getting us the little videos yeah yeah we were trying to find it and it wasn't really anywhere anywhere out there um yeah. anything else we each that you want to talk about this story well, like I said, I think what's awesome about this is that it's just a little window into this world that these guys must be in every week. Like, this is the most extreme version. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, we see a small bit of this almost every week, which is why you and I want these races to always be on TV, because it's just four minutes of carnage. What do you think, Steve? Probably 60% of the time, the LCQ or when we had semis, between those races, probably more than half of the time, something crazy happens. Well, yeah, I, I said earlier on this pod, eight times out of ten. 
Eight times oh, out of ten. Yeah, you might be right. It, yep. is, it, is, it is something to yep. behold, these LCQs. And by the way, when you say, Weege, that um, – you know we're 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 highlighting what's going. We're highlighting also the Pulp MX show because a lot of these guys come on. Oh, and, that's your guys, and, and they're all my guys. And I'm just like, I'm always thinking. And Hansel, you got a glimpse of it. I'm like, I have to get these animals out to the public to, to hear these guys. <laughs> that that's part of part of I think the genius of Pulp MX show. I'm like, I got to get these guys on the air because they're funny. Yeah, and they don't, you know, there's a lot, they don't have to worry about offending people as much either. They don't have the sponsor obligations that some of the, no. the top guys do. No, no, absolutely not. And I just, so um, I'm just going to keep that in mind if I ever ask Matt Tedder to take something for me to a race. I, I may not be able to get it back. So um, um, you, you, bring, you mentioned uh, not being able to get a hold of a, you know, a AMA guy. So the only penalty in this was they did give Canzaro. They took away his gate pick after that tackle attempt in the semi. They put him on the last gate <laughs> yeah. in the LCQ. But we did laugh. One of the things, the many things that made us laugh, Steve, was that Ronnie Stu rode backwards to the boots and then two laps later ends up qualifying for the main event mm-hmm. in a race where he did that. Mm-hmm. And that was fine. That was fine. Well, no problem. No, no pen- low penalty. <laughs> do you remember Minneapolis? Like Jerry Robin – case something, mm. rode around the outside of the whoops on the flat ground, yeah. then yep. gassed it and was in qualifying position before he made a mistake. And we were like, 100% nothing would have happened to Jerry. He skipped an entire lane of whoops. And, yeah. and, and he was like, he took a rest, basically. He's like, I'm going to just <laughs> yep, yep. skip the whoops one lap to get my heart rate back under control. <laughs> and we were <laughs> laughing like, There's, nobody's going to do anything. Jerry's just go to the main event. And same with Ronnie Stu going backwards. We're like, nobody's going to do anything about this. And that's the best yeah, part. Hansel, you get that feel of like, the rules are just different when you're qualifying for the main. There basically are no rules. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I remember being shocked when it happened that he hadn't gotten uh, – I mean, I remember he, he qualified, and I said, that's not going to last long, that poor guy, and nothing happened. <laughs> I mean, didn't Matt Walker go backward on the track in 05, just, and didn't he get penalized? I don't know if anybody's and watching. Like I don't know if anybody's watching, you know? Like, I just, I don't know if, like, yeah, I have no idea. But Ronnie didn't even try to get back on the track. Ronnie just, no. Ronnie just took off. Like, I don't understand that part. Like, he didn't, he just kept riding. I just... <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah. As I was talking to him about it, I was trying to kind of allude to that fact. Like, well, I mean, he didn't want to turn around, and he just—it didn't even seem to occur to him. It was his immediate solution was, "I'll guess I'll just blitz the whoops backwards and right, burn and turn around because he didn't want to get penalized for cutting the track." Oh, I just, yeah, I know, and. And poor, and poor, uh, I mean, I don't know who, I don't know who comes, who gets it screwed the most out of this story? Probably Tedder, huh? Well, he made um, the main. Oh, did yeah. Tedder make it? Did Tedder make the main? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I thought Tedder got, okay. Tedder made it. Enignap did not. Yeah. Um, maybe Tyler got, is the heart, the, the biggest heartbreak of the story. Yes, because he was 10, 20 feet away in the semi, didn't make it into the LCQ. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Dakota made it. Dakota even waved uh, Catanzaro by, I think, because he was scared of him, I believe, right, in the, in the LCQ, Hansel? Yes. But going back to who got screwed the worst, you got to make a case for Raper, right? Because, remember, he was ahead of 
uh, Tyler, right? And yeah. if it wasn't for Tyler, that was a kind of a crazy move by Tyler in its own right. So Raper hadn't made a main that year, uh, and he really wanted to make a main, and he didn't. He didn't make it. <laughs> um, of course, also, too, like the track uh, conditions played a huge role in all of this race. Track conditions were ruddy, soft, so lots of mistakes, lots of problems out there for these guys. That was that was another another thing to add to it. And then, as we said, Weege, Marvin pulls over for Dungey, says he made a mistake. Uh, the internet explodes. Dungey has now admitted it years later, Weege, which we all know. Yeah. But Dungey has said, yeah. when Marv pulled over for me, like, yes. Yes. you know. Um, don't forget, also, we had uh, Savachi um, crashed, I think, while running second in the 250 race and then just completely cut the track. Yep, yep, um, yep. And got, got a huge penalty, five positions. Um, that really could have affected, who knows, that, that 250 East that year was so nuts, but that you could say that was the championship right there. Um, and one other incident I had forgotten happened on the same night. The, the J.G. Mookie I mean, the oh. most tuned up you can ever tune. Yeah. JG, Josh Grant parked Mookie so hard. Mm. Yeah, he thought Mookie cross-jumped him. And more than likely, Mookie probably just got squirrely in the ruts, like, like a lot of guys did. And then, yes, yes, JG, he did literally knock him off the track, right? Yeah, and this is Mookie who, uh, do not adjust your set. I'm saying this correct. This is Mookie who's a big dude. I mean... Grant was on the offensive. Grant blew him off the track. It doesn't matter how big you are. Grant knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was right. It was another another night. And then there was Doink, Weege. And then there and was, was Doink. And there was Doink. Yeah, yeah. It's not about us, okay? And my dumb wrestling story, guys. Uh, Weege, we were crying. Tears were coming down my face. The hardest I've laughed. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean... Those two weekends, uh, this was the next to last round, right? Yeah, yeah it was. In yeah. Vegas, which had the Tomac bunching and the Osborne unbelievable pass with two turns to go. You can't get a more emotional uh, eight days in Supercross history. <laughs> I mean, we were laughing so hard. When, when Ronnie Stewart went through the whoops backwards, and we watched the depression set into those 500 people. Yeah. <laughs> and then, whatever, two laps later, like, oh, my God, he's going to get in. Yeah. Oh, and Hansel, talk about how he said Brian Deegan even put it out there on his social media, basically making fun of him for, like, Ronnie Mack nose-wheeling the finish line jump because he was so squirrely and out of control. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. yeah, he said that was one of the biggest uh, he got. He was actually happy that he got clowned by Deegan, though, because it got him a lot more attention on social media. <laughs> Dude, he does. You could tell that last turn and that finish line jump, Ronnie Stu is, like, full send because the cat is getting up. And if the cat can get up two yes. seconds earlier, he's going to beat him across the finish. So Ronnie Stu just launches the finish line. No regard to the landing whatsoever. Just full <laughs> evil Knievel style. Just to add to the crazy gooniness of this. Uh, the cat and Dakota laying down on the ground. Yeah. Ronnie Stu's airing past them. Uh, crying. Absolutely crying. Yeah, I just, laughing so hard. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I remember laughing at A-Ray as he was flying. He was giving to Tedder the finger as he was going through the air. Like, like he was already knew he knew it was coming and, it, and he was getting ready for it. He was just so, oh, oh man. I just, Hansel, like I said, we were crying. Tears were coming down our face. We didn't know what to do anymore. We didn't know what was happening. 
We didn't know what else was going to go on. And then Marvin does that in the main. You're just like, holy smokes. Um, yeah, you guys just must you're, you must have been burnt after the race. Like, it, yeah, your laughter center must have just been completely depleted. Yeah, it was it was something else, man. Um, anything else, boys? Well, I just want to put in a plug, obviously, to to read this story. It's if you see it on the side, we'll, we'll put it up on the top of the site again for the weekend. But just scroll down a bit, and you'll see Urban Rumble. And if you're seeing these pictures of riders who you may not be familiar with, and you're like, why would I read some story about privateers? Where's my Chad Reed? Where's my James Stewart? Uh, just please give us the time to read this story. We will not let you down. It is, it will make you laugh yeah. out loud for real. Yeah. Uh, great yeah. work, Hansel. Good job on this, man. Yeah, you put it together nicely, uh, and yeah, it uh, it really comes. I think it works. It comes across of just what else is going to happen. Animal privateers. Well, we have more of this in 2019. Yeah, no, we will. We'll have more of this for sure. We should do an oral history of if, if Tyler anything that makes a main event. We can go through the oral history of all his ups and downs of getting into a main event. So, um, I never thought of that. It can, most of these guys, so yeah, their memories are so sharp on this, Hansel. I wonder if you can call these dudes and they could run through like their dozen most heartbreaking moments. I wonder if it all blurs together or if they're, they could nail all this. I never thought of it that way. Sure seems like they care. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was just that night or, or what. I I don't know, because I've talked to guys like immediately after a race, and they can't really seem to remember what happened. So I, uh-huh. I don't know if it's just hit or miss or if it's these guys or that, that night. I don't know what the formula is, but it, they provided, man. They, they came through big time. It was fun. Can we – That's can, great. Can we – who picked the photo of my face to be the one I'm wearing clear Oakley blades in when I was wrenching for A-Ray? Could we couldn't, couldn't I find a better face shot of me? That was it? That's all we had? That was... Yeah, the cat looks like a skeleton, like a decomposing corpse. So, <laughs> I feel better. Okay. <laughs> That's a good point. The cat's photo is probably worse. But, um... Yeah. And, uh... And, and again, shout out to, um... Who puts these things together, Weege, for us on the website? The format, uh, the the Canadian Cole Corson, our Cole, Canadian. yes, yes, yeah. does a good job with yep. these as far as building them and putting them up as a you know as a as a unique story as a unique uh, feature. So, yep. um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, man. Urban Rumble RacerXOnline dot com. Please read it. It's been up for a couple of weeks, but if you haven't read it, read it now. It's uh it's a it's a glimpse into what happens with these privateer guys on the island. And uh, like I said, Hansel, great work. Um, Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Jason Wygant, for uh, for joining the Fly Race and Racer X podcast. Thanks, boys. Yeah, I guess. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. 
we get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave and, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey.